This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. In this town, there is no off-season. The news never stops, and neither do we. It's always game day in Cleveland with Andy Baskin and Daryl Leiter. It's always game day in Cleveland, brought to you by our good friends at Smiley One and Bryant. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. Still feeling good on a Monday after the Browns' gigantic victory over the Baltimore Ravens. There are a lot of little aftermath things here. On a Monday to talk about, first of all, we want to thank everybody that's watching us on YouTube, even the haters. We love you, haters. Keep saying mean things about us because at least you're you're uh, chiming in. So, all right, let's do this. Let's start with uh, what that win meant yesterday as we sit here 24 hours later. Well, I, I mean, the, the win means that the Browns are officially in the divisional race now because had they lost, they were out. So they're in now. It sets up a massive showdown next weekend uh, against the Pittsburgh Steelers. We'll get into what this next weekend will do to reshape this entire divisional race or could do to reshape this entire divisional race. They basically stand pat as the playoff picture go. They are the sixth seed uh, in the AFC. Pittsburgh remains number five. And again, that's the tiebreaker from uh, was a week two when uh, the Browns lost in Pittsburgh. Um And Cincinnati is currently out of the playoff picture now by virtue of that loss to the Houston Texans, who now take over that number seven seed from the Bengals. So this is a big weekend. Ravens are going to play the Bengals and the Browns are going to host the Steelers. Huge, huge weekend in the AFC North. But what that win does for them is it puts the Browns legitimately not only in the AFC North conversation, but Andy, I got to tell you, um, if Deshaun Watson can come through this thing healthy, uh, I, I think this puts the Browns in the bigger picture too as, as far as the conference goes and maybe the Super Bowl because of how this defense is playing. It's not perfect. They give up yards. They give up points at times, but they make critical stops. You know, they're they're making plays when it matters most. So um, hopefully Browns fan is still enjoying doing something that rarely happens, and that is uh, beating the Ravens in Baltimore. Freddie Kitchens was the coach the last time the Browns won a game in the land of crab cakes. All right, Daryl, I know we're going to talk about it later, but let's just let's kind of dive into this AFC North thing because, okay. you know, when you look at the AFC North, is it the toughest division? Did the Browns just beat the best team in the AFC North? And now can you make the argument that the Browns are one of the best teams in the AFC North after that win? Oh, absolutely. You can make the argument that they're uh, look. I think this whole division is living up to the hype. Um, it's the only division in which every team has a winning record. Um, and I, I said going into the season, I thought Pittsburgh was going to finish last, but they were going to finish last with nine wins. Well, just I, I just I did not see any of these teams finishing 
uh, below 500. Right now, it's looking like the Bengals might finish last. But again, this upcoming weekend is going to change that. But so let's 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 play fantasy land for a moment. Okay, okay let's do it. Let's do a little fantasy land scenario here. Uh, it, it, Thursday night, we are all Cincinnati Bengal fans. Okay, yep. we need, need the Bengals to beat the Ravens. If that happens, combined with the Browns beating the Steelers on Sunday at Cleveland Brown Stadium, for the first time since 2014, the Cleveland Browns will be in first place in the month of November. That's Hoyer, right? That's yeah, that's that's, that's Hoyer, we, and then Alex Mack getting hurt. That is what we need to have happen, Andy. Yeah, and I kind of want it to be better than that because if you go back and look at that season, everything was L's at the end. Well, here's the thing though. It is already better than that because the Browns are six and three. This would push them to seven and three, which would be their best start to a season through 10 games since the 1990s. Wow. Actually, and you know what? I I I'll have to get my uh my uh Browns Bible out. Mm-hmm. I think you might it might not maybe even earlier than that. Um but but they uh, in the expansion era they have never been seven and three through ten games they were six and four and then seven and four remember they went to Cincinnati on that Thursday night and they won that game to go to seven and four and that pushed them into first place and then the geniuses in the front office at the time and and running the marketing department decided to tell Mike Pettin uh, we're going to start Johnny Manziel for the rest of the season and we know. Uh, that everything went to hell in a handbasket after that. But um, so that's what we need to happen. Everybody needs to be the biggest Cincinnati Bengal fan possible Thursday night. Uh, need them to beat the Ravens because if that happens and then the Browns beat the Steelers, by the way, I think will happen. I think the Browns beat the Steelers. Wait, why are the Browns beating the Steelers this week? Take me to that. Uh, take me down that road. I still feel like they're the better team. I still feel like the Browns are a better football team than Pittsburgh. Um, and I just gut feeling Be, beyond that, Andy, if you're looking for logic from me, most of my predictions are based on gut feelings. And most of my predictions tend to come true uh, with the exception of yesterday. I had the Browns losing 27, 26. I thought mm-hmm. they were going to lose a heartbreaker in Baltimore. Because I, I thought it was going to come down to the very end, and the Ravens were going to do basically do what the Browns did and kick a walk-off field goal. By the way, can we hmm. talk about just how bat bleep crazy uh, this this week was? Five, in the NFL or just there? You no, know, in the yeah. NFL, five walk-off field goals for wins? Like, how wild is that? The Almost as wild as the number of college coaches that were fired this weekend. <laughs> It was a crazy weekend for a lot of weird stuff. I mean, the Michigan stuff was weird. Um, the Browns game itself was weird because yeah. you know how easy it would have been to walk out of that Browns game and go, oh, my God, that was a horrible game. I got to tell you, that was one of the most entertaining games. It was – I mean, that that was a ride at Cedar Point. You were <laughs> yes, up. You were down. You were up. You were down. Beginning of the game, you sat there and you're like, oh, man, they are not winning this game. Yeah. Here we go again. This is the same stuff we saw at Baltimore or – Worse yet, you feel like, oh, it's the playoff win at Pittsburgh, except we're on the other side of this. Oh, and you know the word I want to use. I, I mean, you know, I, it really was. And, and like, that entire fourth quarter was just breathing into a paper bag the whole time. Oh, I, I could – I when they went to kick the game-winning field goal, I looked at um, – I, 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 I said to myself, I can't watch for a second. It was almost like I was a kid. 
you know, my dad and I would sit in the room when Don Cockroft had a chance to kick a game winner when I was right. a kid. And I remember just being in the living room and I was, I remember getting up right before he went to go make a kick. And my dad was like, sit down. Like my dad never really yelled at me at all. And yeah. maybe that's why I was so spoiled when I was a kid, but he wasn't a big yeller and he didn't, you know, when he wanted something done, you just did it and he didn't even think twice. And, right. And like, I remember getting up and Don Cockroft was about to make a kick and my dad started yelling at me. He goes, you sit down. We don't change seats when Don Cockroft kicks. If he made one and you were sitting there before, you better continue to sit there. And I was like, yes, sir. Superstition. And he hit it. And he hit it. So, and this was one of those moments when, uh, you know, I, 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 I just, I looked at it and I looked at um, Jamal White. I'm like, I can't watch. And he's like, are you crazy? And I go, all right. So I watched. And when it went through, I was just pumped, man. I was screaming at the TV on the pick six. So pumped. I mean, it's just, it's so good to feel like a fan sometimes that, you know, we sit in the press box all the time. I hate it. I'm not going to lie because Andy Baskin from Cleveland can't, can't stand Andy Baskin from Cleveland is still bummed that he was sitting in the press room when the Cavaliers won the championship next to Brian Winors. And I heard other reporters screaming. They were going crazy yelling because the Cavs had won in the press room. Yeah. And I just about yelled and Wendy looked at me and he's like, dude. And I go, you're right. And I couldn't yeah. do anything. So and that's why I, I just, I love watching the game. Like Daryl, if you and I just watch the game in a room, I'd be the happiest guy on earth. Then yeah. go get post game afterwards. I, um, so I wrote out, I had the X post ready to go. Right. I, I had it all typed out uh, before he, before they attempted the kick. I, I was worried that I jinxed it. Because I had, like, it's I had because the, of you. I had the entire post, you know, out Dustin Hopkins, 40 yard field goal, <laughs> final in all caps, Browns 33, you know, six and three, Ravens 31. They are now seven and three. And all I had to do, it was just set to all I had to do is hit send, right? And I was frantically, you know, trying to write my headline for my brownie bites and everything like that and really kind of uh, reverse a lot of stuff because, like, they were down that whole freaking game. So They only led for, what, less than a point of a second. Yeah, a tenth of a second. One tenth of a second. That's a it. A tenth of a second. They, they trailed for the entire – well, actually, they trailed for all but 20.1 seconds because 20 seconds into the game, it was tied, pick six, right? So now they're down. And so, yeah, like they didn't lead for any part of the game. No. They didn't lead. And, yeah. and so, I, but I, that's why it took me so long to post my brownie bites after the game because I had to rewrite the entire tone of everything that I had written because, well, I mean, had they lost, it was not, it, I was going to be pretty negative because of all the mistakes and the turnovers and Deshaun wasn't all that good and things like that, especially in the first half. They dug themselves another hole that they couldn't dig out of and, and, and think and all that. But I needed to I needed to change the tone because it was one of the most magnificent, significant wins for this franchise since 1999 that has put them in a position now with, uh, you know, eight games to go for them to be able to do something that they've not done since 1989. All right. It's always game day in Cleveland. We are going to hand out game balls next and we'll also talk about Deshaun Watson's health. Those are all straight ahead on It's Always Game Day in Cleveland.
Mobile sports betting is finally legal in Ohio. Well, it has been since January. BetQL wants to help you make the most informed bets possible. Get all of today's best bets by heading to BetQL.com or just download the BetQL app. Claim your free three-day trial today. BetQL.com slash news slash 92.3 The Fan. That's where you can get all those exclusive sportsbook offers. All right, Daryl, let's hand out some game balls, and we're going to play. Why don't you set the rules on this? Because it was kind of your idea, and I liked it. You set the rules on game ball. We're going to each give out three game balls. We're going to alternate. So, you know, you can start or I can start. But here's the thing. We can't give out a game ball to the same guy. So six players are getting game balls from us, and you are more than welcome to explain why you're giving them the game balls. Uh, but that's, that's I think, how we should do this. Each of us gives out a game ball, but we alternate. And, again, we can't repeat uh, so that we ensure. So is it snake players. chart, though? Is it snake chart? I got to ask you that. So, like, if you get if you do number one, do you get two and three? No, no, no. I give one, then you give one. Then I give okay. one, then you give one, then I give one, you give one. All right. I don't think that's fair. I think we should snake chart, but that's we'll worry no, about I, that. No, I, I, I think we should alternate. I think it makes it more fun. This is like playing euchre, though, and you get you've you know exactly again. It, it adds an all right. So every other show, every other show, then following game, we'll do this, but someone gets the lead. Different person gets the lead. Correct. So I will allow you to do the honors and give out the first game ball of it's always game day in Cleveland because I think the Browns we're going to be doing this a lot now. So go ahead, first game ball from Browns thirty three, Ravens thirty one. All right, I'm going to give out my first game ball to the person who I was praising yesterday after the game. It's Wyatt Teller. And Wyatt Teller gets his game ball because he recovered the fumble from Deshaun on the final drive. He also had a great game. The offensive line really came through with two brand-new left tackles. Sure, you had some uh, tight ends that were coming in there to help out and make sure they were good. But I'm going to give my very first game ball to offensive lineman Wyatt Teller. Congratulations, you win a fictitious air ball or game ball that is full of air. That's all you get. That's I, one. Wyatt Teller. All right. Go ahead. I'm going Dustin Hopkins. Cause kickers Ooh, are people that was easy. Too. Come on. That was and, easy. I know it's an easy one and that's why I'm taking it. It's an easy one. He has been magnificent this year uh, for the Browns. Um, he is, uh, he leads the NFL in field goals made with 24. He leads the NFL in scoring. I think he's got 84 points. He's tied for the most 50 yard field goals. And he bounced back from a critical mistake, missing the PAT after Greg Newsom's pick six, and he comes back and he nails the game winner 40 yards out. Plus, let's not forget, uh, he basically accounted for all the first half scoring for the Browns too. So Dustin Hopkins, game ball for me. All right, Dustin Hopkins. So we're two in, Wyatt Teller, Dustin Hopkins. I think from the – I'd like to give all the running backs a game ball. And I think it's really easy to give Jerome Ford the game ball because he had 107 yards. I'm giving the game ball in a weird instance here to our number three running back. That's Kareem Hunt. He only had 32 yards, but he did score a touchdown for the fifth week in a row. He did have 10 carries, but every week I watch Kareem Hunt play and come back. He is much more in game shape than he was obviously in the beginning of the season. I talk about this all the time. He was working out at Willoughby South. like. I don't know, three months ago and didn't have camp, came in uh, fan favorite. As always, Kareem has been rock solid all year. He got the touchdown, but the biggest reason I give him the game ball is that cat always falls forward, man. 
He always falls forward. And I appreciate that for his effort and for what he did and move perfectly forward all the time. So Kareem Hunt, game ball number two. My second game ball is going to a man who came away with his first career interception and turned it into points. Greg Newsom the second. I think he's the best nickel corner, at least at worst, one of the best nickel corners in the National Football League. Uh, the, the opponent's passer ratings like in the single digits when throwing in Greg Newsom's direction this season. Now, he's just phenomenal. But that pick six after the demoralizing uh, James Prochet muffed punt and then Gus Edwards ran it in for a touchdown. It was 34-17. It felt like the, the life had been sucked out of the team. Nope. Greg Newsom, uh, you know, uh, wasn't having it. Uh, comes back, he gets uh, that interception that actually should have tied uh, the game. It didn't, but um, I, I felt like that was such a big game-changing play for the Cleveland Browns, and good for Greg to finally, finally get his first NFL pick, and it is a pick six. I'm torn because I really, really, really... This is your last one. I know. Make I want to give uh, Obo Ankaronquo a game ball. I will give him one down the road. I'm going to give this one because not a lot of people have been talking about it. Jordan Elliott. He gets it because he is the Justin Tucker stopper, the stopper with the hand that came up to block that kick. That's right. It was 17, six and he was trying for a 55 yard field goal. And Justin Tucker felt the wrath, felt the wrath of Jordan Elliott. So Jordan, I got to tell you, congratulations on your success and the way you're playing right now. And I think uh, things are going well for you and I'm really happy for you. So Jordan, big guy, you get a game ball. That's number three. My third game ball is tough to give out because I want to give it to Jerome Ford who had 107 yards rushing. We yes. both did. I easily can give him one. I want to give one to David Njoku because ah, I just, I, I just think he's, I just think he's just damn good at what he does, and he doesn't get a lot of credit because he doesn't put up the numbers that guys like Travis Kelsey put up, right? But here it comes, the easy one. You're going to give the big it, one it, out. It, it, it's, it, this has to be a layup. Uh, it is. Gutted it out. Uh, you know, came back on the, the bum ankle, had a huge 16-yard scramble on that final drive. 14 for 14 in the second half after being just absolutely abysmal in the first half. I mean, this guy was absolutely getting torched on social media for that first half. Hell, he was getting torched after his second pass of the day. You know My what we could do? Is going to number four, Deshaun Watson. That's why the Cleveland Browns paid $230 million and gave the Houston Texans six draft picks so that he could go into places like Baltimore and march the Browns down uh, for a game-winning drive, 12 plays, 58 yards. And like I said, he had a huge 16-yard scramble on a bad ankle, and he gutted it out, toughed it out. So Deshaun Watson gets my my third and final game ball. I Look, Jerome Ford, David Njoku, I love you both. Gonna have Dude, plenty we didn't even give you guys. We didn't even ball. give Miles Garrett a game ball. Yeah, I know. I mean, he was a game changer too. I mean, he really was. That half sack and then the full sack. I know. Uh, but I, you know what? I like giving game balls out to guys that don't get all the attention. One big play here, one big play there. I think guys that are cha that change the game 
without having all the hype. But I mean, you can't, it's hard not to look at stats and say, Miles Garrett leads the league in sacks, right? With 11. I have Tied a feeling we're going to have an opportunity to give Miles Garrett a game ball here at some point. All right. Are we giving Kevin Stefanski? Do, do the coaches get anything honorary or no? No, no but we don't. They we, get paychecks. That's all yeah, they get. You you could have given Kevin one of your three game balls, but uh, you went with Wyatt Teller, Kareem Hunt, and Jordan Elliott. And I went with uh, Dustin Hopkins, uh, Greg Newsom, and Deshaun Watson. I think in the future, if you want to hit us up on social media on Sunday night, right after the game, send us your game balls and we'll read them off here. Let's do that. Let's get this interactive, man. Let's have some people with our game ball situation here. Maybe we'll even come up with a better name with it, but I loved it. It's all a part of it's always game day in Cleveland. When we come back, we're going to take a look at some history and we want to talk more about the injuries for the Browns as they head into this, this next game. It is officially turned the page time. It is Steelers week. It's always game day in Cleveland. It's always game day in Cleveland. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. Again, brought to you by our good friends at Smiley One and Bryant. That's right, Smiley One and Bryant, Northeast Ohio's heating and cooling experts. All right, Daryl, let's talk about the injury front. Deshaun Watson, are we concerned that he left in a walking cast, or where are we? Maybe bruised bone. I know we'll find out more. They were talking about the MRI uh, earlier today. I got to believe they already had it back by the time the press conference rolled around for Kevin Stefanski, but he said he hadn't heard anything as of then. Yeah, um, so we are waiting on three MRIs. Uh, Deshaun Watson's ankle, uh, the MRI for uh, the calf of Juan Thornhill, and Denzel Ward's neck. Those are the three big ones that we're waiting on. Uh, as you mentioned, Deshaun, a walking boot, uh, leaving uh, MNT Bank Stadium. I'm sure that was really precautionary uh, to, you know, just advanced, right? Just advanced planning. Uh, hopefully it's not a high ankle sprain. Hopefully it's just a regular ankle turn and he'll Could be, be a okay. bruised bone too. Yeah. Could well, bone. yeah. And those ankle, those high ankle sprains, man, they tend to linger for weeks upon weeks upon weeks. So hopefully uh, that is not the case, but here's, here's the, the problem with this ankle injury though, Andy, it's mm -hmm. now going to put even more stress on that right shoulder injury. Because you know, you know, you compensate with the deep balls with the lower body. Okay, mm -hmm. you're not having to use the 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 whole shoulder. Now it becomes more dependent if you can't use the lower body as much. You're putting extra torque on that right shoulder, makes it tougher to throw. So this ankle injury potentially could be uh, problematic for maybe not so much his availability, but his productivity. When he's out there, you notice in the second half, not a lot of deep balls for Deshaun. I think the deepest throw he had was on that final drive, that 18-yard completion over the middle to Amari Cooper. I think that was like the longest throw of that second half, uh, and that was done to kind of protect that ankle injury a little bit. So going to have to watch that. Two other items that we have to watch this week, uh, Dewan Jones told us on Friday in the locker room he was a little frustrated, couldn't go, couldn't play was hoping that this week he would be able to come back. We shall see there. And then Michael Dunn uh, can begin the process of coming off injured reserve. Uh, and so Kevin Stefanski was asked on Monday about his status. The Browns very, very thin on that offensive line right now, so could absolutely use uh, his help. Uh, and so we'll uh, find out later in the week if they uh, are going to begin the process to get him off injured reserve.
Daryl, how did you think Leroy Watson and James Hudson played? I mean, no, the fact that we didn't talk about them and that we haven't talked about them makes right. me think they had a great game. They played really well. If we're not talking about them on the offensive line, other than recovering a fumble, to me, that means you had a good game. Yeah, I, I thought they played. A, I, I think they did a nice job. It it certainly helped that you had guys like Wyatt Teller helping them out. Okay, and David. They did give them a lot of help for tight ends too. They did. They did. And I think I remember say, saying something last week on a certain podcast. I think I may have said that. I'm Mr. Tight sure end right here. Come on, Daryl. Joko was going to be important in the. No, I talked the, about the other tight ends that would, they would use them and, and put them in position. Maybe I said it on the radio. I think you said it on the radio. Yeah, I must have said it on the radio and then let you have the credit for it. Oh, yeah. I Well, I, I'm kind of busy during the whole Baskin and Phelps four-hour extravaganza. Oh, got. come on. You're just watching practice. I mean, you only get 30 <laughs> seconds to do that. <laughs> it's 20 minutes, okay? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. Actually, on Fridays, it's more like 15. <laughs> you do have great pictures, though. I will tell you that. You always yeah. take good pictures. I I haven't been taking a lot of – so my, uh, my camera is broken. My, my oh, Canon behind camera. the scenes with Daryl Ryder. Go ahead. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I haven't been posting a lot of uh, high res pictures anymore because um, my my uh, Canon. Uh, so I took it to the air show and I took fabulous pictures at the air show. But that's how I discovered the camera was broke because a lot of the pictures are ruined. Because Why? the uh, well, because there I get there's a crack or a mark in all of them every single picture in the same spot so you uh, burned it on the sun so no I, I don't know what happened so what'd you do i, I don't know uh, i've had the camera for like 10 years though so is it a burn mark i'm telling you that sounds like a burn mark that you either shot it up at the sun or you left the lens pointed at the sun yeah i i don't know but um so i got to replace the camera after 10 years and um uh i have you had washer and dryer this week or washer man that's i mean I, you got choices there don't you yeah well i i had let's see i had to have oral surgery that was very expensive oh, yeah. even with insurance i had to have uh, i had to replace my dryer that isn't uh, always the cheapest uh i i went to seattle to see my sister which probably was not a great financial move to make so that's that's the real reason why i've not been posting a lot of stuff on instagram that, uh because i just right now i just like i can't afford to go out and buy new camera equipment right well, now. let's sell I, one of those I've autographed just, baseballs you got behind you just I've just been, oh, no, no, no. That's going to pay for, I, I'm going to have to do that to pay for all my MacBook, my iMac, and my iPad that I had to buy this year for work. Do you want so, me to just get you some generic baseball so they look like they're autographed and I'll put some fake signatures on them? <laughs> if no, you had I, to part with one baseball behind you back there, Daryl, what would you part with? Which one? Uh, I don't want to part with any of them, but I'm going to. Okay, but if there's one, do you have a double? No, I, I do have a very – my most valuable baseball is my Willie Mays. Oh, it's not there, Daryl. I just want everyone to know that your Willie Mays is in a separate uh, place, not at your house. Yeah, so that is my most valuable baseball. I have a lot of former – I have a – I have, let's see, I have like Omar. I've got Mudcat Grant. I've got – obviously, you're not a Clevelander if you don't have a Bob Feller autograph. Um, I, did you I pay got, what 150 bucks for it? 50 bucks. What'd you pay? No, I got, uh, I got, I, I got the two for 20 spring training special one for 10 oh. two for 20 at spring training is ah, what's your name there, Daryl. <laughs> How do you spell that? Daryl D A R Y L. I got a Rocky Calavito. I've got a herb score. 
uh, Omar Vizquel, Kenny Lofton. I got a Brian Anderson autograph up there. That's a good one. B is a good one. No. So, you know, for uh, just a quick story, sidebar. So, you know, I spent I don't six think we years have time the- for sidebars. You're going to have to save it for the next podcast. I'm oh, afraid. is that what we're doing? You got to roll? We got to roll? Yeah. All right, let's yeah, roll. We, we, we got right, it. We we're good. We got more to do. We've got another podcast coming up in two days. I'll give you my Bob Feller story in the next edition of It's Always Game Day in Cleveland. For our amazing producer, Meredith Kane. he's Daryl Ryder. Thank you, thank you, thank you for watching on YouTube and, of course, listening on the Odyssey app. And all you haters, just keep on hating. Why don't you write some more stuff on there? I love you. Goodbye. It's always game.